1: Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Gina Mitchell. Gina, first and foremost, is mom to Sam Mitchell. She has been an educator for 17 years and is currently the president of Autism Rocks and Rolls Corporation, a 501c3 nonprofit. She does autism advocacy work with her son, Sam, who is autistic and is the executive director of the corporation. And I'm really excited to have you here today, Gina. I actually met Sam at a podcast networking event. And as soon as I met him, I knew that we needed to have you on the show. So welcome to Wickedly Smart Women.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, Gina. So let's do a little background. Were you aware? Did you know that there was autism in your family? Or was that something that you discovered after Sam was born and he was diagnosed?
2: Yeah. So our story kind of goes, no, I can't think of anybody in my family that had autism. Studies show that there was you know, that's, it, it is genetic. It's still kind of a mystery though, how much genetics play a part in autism and environmental and, you know, everything like that. But no, I had a very normal pregnancy. I was my mid twenties. It was just your kind of classic textbook pregnancy. I was sick and did everything right. I read to Sam. I used to put headphones on my stomach. I would listened to music with him. I took my vitamins. I exercised. I ate what I needed to eat and was very, very conscious of doing what was best for my baby. So I, you know, everything was fine. It it was a very kind of traumatic birth. I had an emergency C-section. Sam almost didn't survive. I almost didn't survive. And it was a, it was very scary, but luckily they have the technology and the medicine now that, that will, that help women, you know? And so Sam, as I look back, when Sam was a baby, he never, you know, you had to say his name several times before he would look at you. He, even as a very small child, he never looked at the camera and, but as, you know, from birth to 12 months old, when those things are happening, there aren't any red flags that come up because mm. everything else was fine. He did have a major speech delay when he was two. He was only saying about 10 words. And so that was a big red flag. And then we started to notice that he did not like loud noises. When you changed his routine, it went into three, four hour meltdowns. It wasn't, they were not tantrums. It was literal, literally meltdowns. And then, you know, he used to not like his toys messed with. He was playing with his toys in a very sophisticated way. He was, when at one and a half year old, he was sorting things that were purple and that had bumps on it. And it was, you know, he just, it wasn't typical. Mm-hmm. And so finally, we put him in a special education preschool when he was three. And within a week, they suspected that he had Asperger's or autism. And a month later, was diagnosed through a behavioral psychologist at his school. And it was tough. It was was tough. When Sam and I speak, Sam and I are motivational speakers. When we speak together, the story I always tell, I always get very real with Mm. moms and with parents. And I always say, I did everything right, and Mm. he still had autism. That is really how I felt. Now, obviously, I feel a little bit differently now, but you do go through a grieving process when you learn that your child isn't typical. And it's not going to be like frolicking in the park anymore. It's mm. until you learn and educate yourself. It was it, it's it's very, very scary when you get that diagnosis.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you also, Gina, you had a lot of other attendant trauma with just having him and I you know I can totally relate to this because my son was also born prematurely I don't know if Sam was born prematurely or not but Mm -hmm. we had an emergency c-section he was five weeks early we spent a week in the NICU his you know he was shutting down his oxygen in the womb right so he his heartbeat was like 90 instead of the 140 or whatever it's supposed to be. So they said, oh, we're going in emergency C section. And that whole process, I don't know, did you spend any time in the NICU also? But okay. So that whole process yeah. in and of itself is a trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Just going through the trauma of having an emergency birth. And then, you know, you ended up, you know, finding that he was, I guess, is is neurodivergent also what People are now, that's a new term that I've been hearing lately, neurodivergent. Because one of the things about Sam that I noticed, and obviously you also noticed, is like he's also incredibly bright, right? Uh So theres it's such an interesting diagnosis because Mm -hmm. you have this incredibly bright, yet there are other delays in other areas. So what now, I mean, like take us a little bit forward in time. As you progressed in parenting, Sam, after you got the diagnosis, tell us a little bit more about how you started to put coping mechanisms in for yourself and your family.
2: Well, I knew from a very early age, even on the darkest days, you know, when it would be hours and hours of meltdowns and Sam not being able to communicate and helping him just navigate through life. Even in those moments, I knew that Sam was very intelligent, very smart, mm-hmm. and I knew that he could be successful if given the correct tools and the correct and, and like the right accommodations at home and at school. Luckily, I'm an educator, so I know the laws, and I have to follow the laws myself with my identified students. So I knew what was required at his school, when they wanted to, when he was you know, five years old, when he went to kindergarten and they wanted to put him in the resource room, ostracized from general education classes, I said, no, and it wasn't an option or he was going to go to a different school. And they knew that. And I taught there mm-hmm. and I, they respected me and I respected their opinion. They, they really were trying to do what was best for him. But as his mom and as a professional, I, my husband and I was like, this, no, like this, this is not going to happen. So it worked he had all of the accommodations in the world and i knew what had to happen and i'm not saying that he thrived every mm-hmm. single second in his elementary and middle school and high school years there were some really tough days but it was what was best for him and i think that added to his success of mm-hmm. where he is today
1: yeah so for those who may not be in the us or listeners who may have kids you know, younger than being in the education system, I do want to speak a little bit about this idea of accommodations. And thankfully, you actually were inside the system. So you understood what you were entitled to and you understood how to advocate for Sam. Mm-hmm. My kiddo had challenges, of course, because of his traumatic early birth and then additional traumatic things that occurred. So he was supposed to also get accommodations. He wasn't diagnosed with autism or Asperger's. However, there's lots of question marks. And they wanted to diagnose him with ADD and ADHD. And I refused to allow that diagnosis because I did not want that diagnosis in particular. So I had to advocate for accommodations. And and what ended up happening with my kid was, they gave us the accommodations in writing, but then they never implemented them in the classroom and in the school system. And so, and, and I didn't find out until months later. So, for those who are listening, I want you to hear what Gina is saying is that there are ways to accommodate your child, and there are processes that you can go through that by law the system is required to fulfill mm-hmm. and so you've got to be a power literally a power advocate for any neurodivergent kid who might be you know in the education system
2: it's illegal it's mm-hmm. not legal if the if there's something in place and then the administration and the teachers and the counselors any any elective teachers any person that teaches your child or is around your child or putting in any kind of input or curriculum. I don't care if it's an art teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the guidance counselor. It doesn't matter. They have to abide by that IEP Mm -hmm. that individualized education program. And it's not legal if they don't. And I think that's what parents need to bring to the table and don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to say, you are not following my child's IEP. It's right here on paper. And if you don't do that, then I'm going to take like the next step. Don't be afraid to say that because they know that. They know that they should be doing that. And then the second thing I think is we advocate for our children, you know, as parents, but I think it's really important for parents to start teaching their children at a very young age to self-advocate and like advocate for themselves because we're not always going to be here. And like you said, we're not there at school. So even mm-hmm. the best intuitive parent that knows exactly what's going on sometimes doesn't know. And then when your, your adult child, like Sam, is going moving out in August, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be there. Mm-hmm. We're putting in the, the at, at Vincent's University, I'm making sure the academic things are in place. Mm-hmm. And then we also, through the Bureau of Developmental Disability Services in our state, we filled out the applications. We have an intake interview this month and we're going to put functionality and survival <laughs> things in place for Sam. Hmm. You know, Sam is an award-winning podcaster, but has trouble doing his laundry right. and has <laughs> a hard time juggling everything. And so I guess my point is we advocate as much as we can, but there has to come a point where we still are there in the background but we have to teach them. You have to do this. Yeah. I'm you're in your corner. I'm your cheerleader, but this is you like you have to do this now. Yeah.
1: So I love that. I love that. Well, we're about to go to the break, but I just want to clarify, we never actually got an IEP for him. We got a 504, which is like one level below the IEP. That's a legal
2: document too.
1: It is a legal document. And, and I had to actually go all the way to the state board of education to get the 504 without a doctor's diagnosis because I refused to get the doctor's diagnosis and I showed them the federal law that said we can get this 504 so it's really difficult and and unfortunate and maybe things are improved my kiddo is now 27 he's not a kiddo anymore he's a full grown mm-hmm. man like Sam. And, you know, he's out on his own at this point or not with me anymore anyway. However, it was a challenge. And so, you know, part of what we want to do here at Wickedly Smart Women is inform you and educate you about what is possible for you and for your children. So we're going to take a quick break, Gina, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you ended up the president of Autism Rocks and Rolls. (laughs) And we're going to find out what that corporation does and how it is helping other parents of autistic kids but right now wickedly smart women we could use your help if you are enjoying this show please consider joining our community making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content Help a gal out, let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so that we can serve them too. We just won our ninth award, speaking of award-winning podcasts, so we're celebrating that. We won the award of a distinction with the Communicator Awards, the 29th Annual Communicator Awards. We're also doing a volume two of our Wickedly Smart Women, Trusting Intuition, Taking Action, and Transforming Worlds book that launched in January of 2023, that first volume one, And was a number one new release in six categories. So if you have a powerful story about trusting your intuition, taking action and transforming worlds, we would love to hear from you and have you check out the opportunity to become a contributing author in volume two. I do want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. Want to shout out this week to our listeners in Indiana, Indianapolis, where Gina is. And we'll also shout out to our listeners in Bolivia and Indonesia. And we will be right back with Gina
0: Mitchell.
1: and we are back with Gina Mitchell you can find out more about Gina and her organization at www.autismrocksandrolls.com as we mentioned in the introduction sam Mitchell her son who has autism is also the executive director of that organization so Gina let's hear more about what inspired you to form a 501c nonprofit and to make sam executive director And what does the organization do?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, like I said before, you know, if you would, if you were to ask me five years ago, six years ago, you know, this is where you're going to be in this, or if you, you would have told me, I would have just thought, no, that's, that's crazy. I'm a teacher. Like, that's what I do. I'm an educator. So basically where it started was, like I said, I always knew that Sam had it in him to be successful in whatever capacity that he chose, whatever road that he chose to go down. But After kind of a tough freshman year in high school, he just, his sophomore year, I noticed a change in him. It was actually for the better. His freshman year was, he was very depressed. He just, nobody would, he just felt like nobody was listening to him. And, you know, it's easier for kids. I teach, I teach eighth grade, so I know exactly how they are. But it's very easier to, it's a lot easier to not give somebody a chance. It takes less energy. Or takes, it just takes less energy to ostracize somebody because they're different. Mm. And so Sam was really feeling that. So when he was a sophomore or a junior, he joined his media club at school. And I was very excited that he just was trying something different. And I encouraged him. But then he came home. He loved it. He totally connected with podcasting. He understood it. And he said, I'm going to start my own podcast. And my response was, and, and we always joke and said, what if I would have said something else? You know, it would have... <laughs> And so, but my response was go for it. I don't know what that is, but you can, you know, and I obviously do now, but I, I didn't, i never heard of a podcast. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what that was. So kind of to speed up the story, I guess he started the, started the podcast and it very, very quickly got attention. And uh, before we knew it, we were getting emails from businesses that really loved what he was doing with the podcast and they wanted ad space. And so that was happening and then he started to get sponsors and then magazines and news stations and media started to call and we had to have like a family meeting because we said, okay, we're at the crossroads of does Sam do this for a hobby, which would have been totally fine. Mm
0: -hmm. Or do
2: we take this one step further and put his podcast kind of in the forefront with that? And it kind of always matched. What I always believed, Sam was getting behind a microphone and talking about autism. That's what he was doing. Hmm. And he was talking about the emotional side of it. And I always knew as he grew up, people don't understand him. And therefore, that leads to them not understanding what autism is. And I always wanted to figure out a way to respond to people that said, oh, he has autism. I'm really sorry about that. I never understood that comment because in my brain, I wasn't sorry at all. Yes, it was challenging. Yes, we had some really hard days. But I always say, I've never met a parent that said, man, raising those three teenagers, that was like the easiest thing I've ever done. I've never (laughs) met anybody that said that. So I didn't really feel like, why are you almost targeting Sam to say, "I'm really sorry that you had this child." Mm. I'm really sorry that you have this type of child." And I never that always bugged me. And I never really knew what to do about it. So when Sam started talking about autism and things started happening, I feel like that's when we have saw the opportunity to create a a program, a a nonprofit that could potentially change the scope of autism and to help people understand through Sam's podcasting what it is and what it isn't hmm. and then it it morphed into success like how why are we defining success as these typical kids that go to a four year college and then they're in debt for the rest of their lives like why are we why are we deeming that as success when we have this whole population of people on the spectrum that are being ignored for, mm. And they have talents. They mm. have skills. Mm. And so that's what we push is let's tap into the obsessions and the fixations. Mm. They're viewed mm. as negative. You mm. know, a kid w- wants to talk about dinosaurs all day. Well, what might he or she do with that? Right. I mean, th- something's there. Right. You know, instead of as, as parents and teachers, instead of us saying, oh, my gosh, you know, you've talked about it for like three hours now. Stop you know stop doing that right I, I just feel like can we not take that and and channel that into something you know we've met people we've met so many people as children they were obsessed and fixated on matchbox cars right well the person we know that was fixated on matchbox cars he's winning nascar races right now right and of course a, he has he has of course he's doing that well, of he course he is
1: cuz he was built for that
2: <laughs> i mean and so his parents were like me. They were like, mm. let him do it. Right. Within reason. I mean, right. so that's kind of where that came from. And then it just made sense that, you know, Sam was our executive director. I, w- I became president of corporation. And so to date, we have eight corporate board members that help a lot at, to guide us in maybe areas that we don't have the expertise in. Right. Right? So, so that's kind of how that happened
1: beautiful well you know i want to come back to this piece of the norm right so many children in the last 30 plus years have been coming in who have neurodivergence of one form or another and many of them have you know obsessions or fixations is, is a negative connotation for actually they have depth you know, mm-hmm. from my perspective, they have depth. And and this is, you know, as another example of my own son, when he was in seventh or eighth grade, he consistently failed math, consistently failed math. But the problem was he wasn't finished learning all the way down to the bottom of the learning. And mm-hmm. he, it would take him more time, like another five or six weeks. He could have taught the entire thing to the teacher by the time he was done. But the way the system was set up, it was set up like if you don't have this knowledge to spit back out to us on this timeline, there's you're a failure. And when he took his SATs, he got like 800 in math. So yeah. it's a really challenging thing for parents. And it's also a time where we need to have new ways of thinking, new ways of observing, new ways of working with the diversity of the intelligence that is actually here on the planet that is outside of what the old norms look like, because everything's falling apart in the old norms anyway, we actually need these children and their Mm -hmm. parents to be able to progress the the human species, in my opinion. And I just, I'm going to get off my soapbox now because really you're- about three You're, minutes left. So totally right.
2: Totally just really quick, think about I was tell Sam, think about the people that changed the world. Right. They they didn't they didn't think typically. You know, you have people like Temple Grandin, and who's mm-hmm. a dear friend of ours. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what the world of agriculture would be like today ha- if her brain wasn't wired the way that it she's successful because of autism correct. and that is often not believed or over like that's overlooked so yeah
1: correct. Well, in the last two minutes that we have, tell me if there's anything very important that you want to make sure that our listeners hear either about Autism Rocks and Rolls Corporation or about Sam and his podcast or about your role in bringing this child to the planet.
2: Well, the one thing that I always say is I always go back to our mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls and really the depth of what we do is really to encourage parents, professionals and parents, professionals, educators, anybody in the education field, you got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to these kids. And on the surface, the things that look negative, the things that are happening, if it's our responsibility it's my responsibility for my students. It's my responsibility for as Sam's mom and as his number one supporter with this nonprofit, his podcast, and even the, the people that I work with now. It's my responsibility and it's our responsibility to do that. And and I do have to put a shout in for a couple of people, two of our very biggest sponsors that allow this to happen. Sam is now an ambassador for the Doug Flutie Foundation out of, oh, I believe they're in Massachusetts. Uh, they, yeah. they have like everywhere. But anyway, we want to give them a big shout out. He, they're incredible people and just our board too. There, mm-hmm. we couldn't do what we do without, without them But yeah. Check out, check out our advocacy work. We're all over the place. We hire Sam as a motivational speaker. You won't, you won't be sorry. He, he can really like <laughs>
1: energize. Or hire us. mom, We're, hire Gina. I'm sure you out there I, speaking too. <laughs>
2: have been speaking with him too so yeah check us out because we're we're trying to we're trying to I would say break down those mountains one podcast at a time so
1: (laughs) beautiful well thank you so much Gina for all you're doing you're such a pleasure to be around and there's so much heart in you and so I'm really grateful for all that you are doing and really excited that Sam made us come together in a beautiful way yeah so listeners we do love feedback please let us know what you thought of today's episode go right now to www.wakedlysmartwomen.com to join our community share your takeaways ask questions or submit guest suggestions thank you so much for tuning in keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman
0: to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.